0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher.
1: I'm Levi.
0: Hello, Levi.
1: Hi, Jen. Today, we are playing through the Cutter's Cry optional dungeon.
0: Yeah, just a a little baby... Baby episode. (laughs) Baby dungeon.
1: How's it going, Jenner?
0: It's fine. We are both getting over uh, a cold. So our voices might be a little messed up and there might be a little bit more throat clearing (laughs) than than normal. But um, we tried to hold off as long as we could so that our voices would recover. But, you know, it's it's as good as it's going to get at this point.
1: Yeah. We got to preserve some backlog.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, another note, Jen, before we get going, we were recently at least recently in the release schedule uh complaining about on the scholar episode about the two fairy buttons yeah and in the most recent patch they have removed the <laughs> celine button
0: <laughs> it was like it was like literally a week later
1: <laughs> well that episode came out i think after the patch did that's so probably true yeah we probably so we recorded like it and then a week patch. later <laughs> they
0: fucking removed the button and i went off on the button
1: way to make us fucking assholes yeah Yeshi. god damn it <laughs> Anyway, um, your your prayers have been heard. At least your complaints I, have are, been yeah, heard. Yeah, our
0: complaints were validated after the fact.
1: So now you get to use the very intuitive pet glamour system to make your fairy appear to be either Eos or Selene or Carbuncle or whatever.
0: Very intuitive, yes. The
1: old slash pet glamour, pet quote, size. Yeah. Yeah,
0: space, quote, capital, I whatever.
1: Yeah, it's so clunky. I have to so Google it clunky. every single time. <laughs> uh, fair. I, yeah, I would have to as well. Anyway, uh, so on to some Cutter's Cry. Yeah. Cutter's Cry is a level 38 optional dungeon. It also has enemies that can appear in your grand company's hunting log. So be sure to check that first if you want to be efficient. You can also skip enemies in this dungeon, so it wouldn't hurt to give your, potty, your party a heads up party. <laughs> if you need kills here so they, they don't skip past the kills in your log. Cutter's Cry is a cave system in Thanalan, sought only by the ignorant and foolish. It's your standard haunted cave, none who ever enter return. You can sometimes hear their tortured cries if you listen closely, yada yada, the whole deal. It's called Cutter's Cry because the cave is near a path that was used by woodcutters. This must be a pre-calamity path though, because right now it is by nowhere but Ant City.
0: Yeah. Yep. A hell's brewed holes. I mean, all of this is, you know, stuff you'd like to avoid.
1: And there's no reason to come here ever, actually. (laughs) Not
0: really. No, because the the days of these bands of mercenaries roving around, like trying to make a quick buck off of this shit. You know, it made sense if this was right next to like a major logging trail or whatever, and they would have to, you know, cull these, these beasts all the time. But that's not a thing anymore. So people, there's just one dude hanging out saying like, don't go in there. Uh, so you'll find this quest. It's a blue quest in uh, the Sapphire Avenue Exchange in Ul'dah, and you'll find it. Uh, you'll get it from a man named Sibald.
1: Sibald the Stoic.
0: The Stoic, and well, he's not labeled as the Stoic, but he will reveal that as he's talking to you. And as a um, there's there's quite a bit of text that he leaves out <laughs> before you start. Because I mean, it's really that's all the story that there is. Honestly, it's just like this is a little little baby quest. He basically kind of launches in. Uh, I, I imagine. Like, we're, we're just, like, browsing around the shops in Uldah. And this guy is like, "Whoa, is me! 30 summers past, and I still am saddened by the loss of my comrades. And, like, what's that? And he's like, oh, well, let me tell you.
1: He's just one of those people that just is desperate to tell anyone who can their life story.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it'll, it'll make sense why. I mean, this this has probably been eating him up inside for a million years. Um, So... He used to be a mercenary in the what's called the, the Darklight Raiders, which is a really cool name. Really cool. Again, back in the day, obviously pre-calamity when shit like that was, was still happening and bands of mercenaries were still needed all the time. And he rattles off a bunch of names of his comrades.
1: Before us adventurers started doing all this work for nearly free. <laughs>
0: you know what? Get with the times, man. Or the times will get you. Anyway, I learned that from Gordon Ramsay. So he gives us a little background information. You know, thirty years passed. Uh, we were we were rockin' and rollin', man. We were making money hand over fist as mercenaries until we entered that godforsaken hole in the ground called Cutter's Cry. And my pals like Shifty and Bucky and Lucky and Plucky and whatever. Like he, he lists off all of these names, like the seven people in his team that died um in that excursion. And he says that. The Chimera spared only him and spared him on purpose so that he could go back to the world and warn everybody, don't go there because the Chimera will fuck you up. So for 30 years, every year, he goes back to the entrance of Cutter's Cry and leaves a bouquet of flowers in honor of his fallen comrades. But today he is too old and frail. He can't make the journey on his own. And he asks us to do it for him. Like, sure, man, we can do that. We can leave some flowers. So, there we go. We're gonna teleport to Black Brush Station and check a little bit into ant ant land. It looks it looks really spooky. This
1: it's- place is really cool. It's so organic. It looks like a blown up as in like, a magnified anthill. hill. Mm-hmm. All of the passages have that kind of, like shaped sand look.
0: It's like a like it's like a bull nose. It's like a rounded, you know, it's very clearly carved out by an animal, kind of a thing.
1: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, the holes are huge because the ants are huge. yeah, pretty cool.
1: I don't know if there's ever any reason to go here.
0: Hunting log? Maybe. maybe.
1: I don't recall having gone through on this playthrough, so if there is a hunting log... I don't even know if there are here.
0: fates there.
1: Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's there no are man's land. There some level 12 antlings that are milling about there, and they're aggressive. So if you're... Yeah. In the level 10-ish range, they will attack you, but not right now, because we are way higher than them. They know oh, we're going to yeah. fuck them up, yeah. so they stay clear. Yeah, But yeah, this this place is very aesthetically cool, though. I, I like the, the area. I wish that they had done more with Something. it or used this aesthetic elsewhere. I, I mean, it, it looks Distinct. ominous the way this whole riddled mound of sand looms over you.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's super dark. You can't see in there... Mm-hmm.
1: Here we find Norman. Norman! Who's a flame private just hanging out. He's like in the ass of nowhere past all these antlings and yeah. telling people to not go further, I guess.
0: Yeah, what a shit job. Because like
1: if, if <laughs> for some reason you ignored the lack of points of interest whatsoever and the hostile fauna. Yeah, like you wandered
0: there by accident or by folly and he's there to turn your ass around. I mean, he is a private. So yeah, this is a private level kind of shit job. Yep. We lay our bouquet of lilies down. In remembrance, and we uh, check in with Norman, and he's like, "Yeah, I know of well. It's like you can you hear that snuffling and snorting and, and whatever like the like the, the the burst of a flame. Yeah, that's the chimera roaming around in there. And if you want to go in, like, great, but I mean, just just don't. There's all sorts of beasties in there, and it's a it's a fucking labyrinth of sand caves and um, ant holes and." It's like a fire swamp. Seriously. He knows of the Darklight Raiders. Yes. And uh, his recollection of Sybald's excursion is a little different from Sybald's. Basically, the legend goes, the only reason Sybald survived was because he hid under the corpse of one of his colleagues and watched as everybody else got ripped to shreds by the chimera. And uh, that way he could survive because his, his wife was pregnant at the time and he wanted to see his son born. And he's like, yeah, so, you know, he was kind of caught in an awkward position there. Do I be a tremendous coward so that I can see the birth of my son and therefore make my son get raised by a craven bastard? Or do I die? And, uh, you know, he's not hes not very flattering in how he speaks about Sybald. And he's like, I'm just glad I never have to make that decision. And that is why I will never go in there.
1: Dungeon unlocked. <laughs> This is hilarious. There is no reason to go in here. There's
0: no reason. Absolutely fucking none. Like, Sibold, it's hanging out. It's fine. The beasts don't wander outside and terrorize Blackbrush Station or anything else. It's like, it's cool.
1: Sibold says, don't go in there. <laughs> Norman says, don't go in there. We're going in there. Mm-hmm. Just- For it, what? Everest defense.
0: All right. I guess we decide that the, just the fact that the chimera exists, we just need to we need to kill it. Yep. <laughs> it's caused so much heartache. We're going to take this upon ourselves. Sure. I guess. I like guess.
1: Two guys know it exists.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Here we go.
1: So we party up <laughs> and in we go. First Cry is a weird dungeon. The first two portions are a bunch of disconnected sandy caves that you travel between by like jumping in these shifting sands, these sinkholes. Yeah. And then you swim through the sand or get pulled down by the sand and end up in another cave and repeat five or six times.
0: Eh, three or four.
1: Sure. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Let's just jump into some quicksand. For new players, this is not an intuitive dungeon.
1: No, Jin has some trauma about this dungeon. Oh my God.
0: One, I haven't been playing this game for 10 years, okay? So the map or the, the the optimal path has not been ingrained in my head. I did not grow up with this game. I started it as a middle-aged person and this stuff just doesn't stick. So even if I do this dungeon five times as a DPS, my trauma is related to me tanking, of course which means i have to know where to go and i don't know where to fuck to go the like the first two areas are are wide open you can go anywhere which means you could be pulling all sorts of mobs and shit that you don't have to um and sometimes other players will be super impatient with you and they will run to where the, they know the shifting sands will appear and like bail and then you're still fighting shit without a healer because they were in such a fucking rush didn't feel good man didn't 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 feel good um so now i you you kind of know how to go in in the the latter half of the dungeon there is a very clear path like that's a dead end you go this way so much better but those first two areas man it's just if if you're if you're uh, the other pcs aren't chill it's it's really uncomfortable and i i can't let it go i just can't like it hurts my feelings like i feel bad
1: but our tank today for the podcast run he was super slow and steady he was doing single pulls
0: it was great because, one, if, um, they're not super familiar with the map or they're a little bit more cautious as a tank. You know, all of these things, all of these... You don't know what they're fucking going through. Like, be patient. It's cool. And, of course, he's probably doing the same thing. Like, I'm not going to assume these people because there were some sprouts. I think he was the only non-sprout.
1: We were the sprouts. <laughs> it was like three or
0: four <laughs> players were the, were the were sprouts. So, yeah, that's, that's really nice. Kind of gauging our skill level and whatever. And then um, the healer... <laughs> Got fucking busted and died and they're like, oh shit, I was trying to drink my coffee and then I died and we're like, yeah, been there. <laughs> so I think maybe the, the, the tank was like, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a really easy run because I know he's trying to drink his coffee. And that was, that was the vibe and it was so great. It was just a really good run.
1: For the first portion, you have to kill every enemy in the room before the sands will start shifting and you can dive in them. Yeah. These are some pretty basic, just kind of sandy and rocky caves. We have antlings. I guess in here, they're myrmidons, which are yeah. big ants either way. yeah, And bats. And then we run into like a basilisk and a couple bombs later on in yep. the stretch. We just pull them in and kill them. And after we kill the first wave, there's like a, a cry or something. Mm. The, cutters the cutters cry. The cutters
0: cry? <laughs>
1: and then we get rushed. That's an exaggeration. More yeah, enemies yeah. appear and they... They'll find you. And they find and, us.
0: <laughs> and you got to fight them. Yeah.
1: Then the sands begin shifting. We dive in and repeat. That's the first two rooms. The last section of the stretch is a bigger cave. It's more of a stone cave with stone columns and some twists and turns and one optional path. We fight through it and end up at the first boss, the Myrmidon Princess. Yeah. Which big, is big a... mama ant. Bigger ant. <laughs>
0: She's pretty straightforward. Um, she does she does like the call to her people again, and uh, an ad comes in, but pretty fucking easy.
1: Yeah, if you're not geared or your DPS is on the lower side, then the ads will be more of a problem because there are three ad types. The one that matters is the Myrmidon Marshall, which is a medium-sized giant ant.
0: Is that the one we got?
1: Yes. Okay. And that one does more damage, and also it will heal the queen, too. Sorry, heal the princess, not the queen. Heal the princess, so you want to focus that one yeah. if you're doing he doesn't, ads. he doesn't
0: have a lot of health. I think he went down really fast.
1: No, despite our very chill run, our DPS was busting. So, like, we had the princess almost dead before the um, the marshal even got oh, into yeah. the fight. Yeah, she
0: was at, like, 20%, and we're like, well, whatever. Yep.
1: Yeah. So we take out the princess and press on, and now we get to the rooms where there is no kill requirement before the sands open. So if you want to, you can just rush to the sand spot and jump in. Yeah, you well, can that just makes sneak Jen around. Sad.
0: Well, I didn't know that. So I'm just like, do, 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 do. Um, I'm kind of skirting the wall, I think, the first time. And it, it, that you're still going to pull like a bird and a cactuar or whatever. But that still was just like super frustrating to that one healer. Fuck you. This is a room we don't have to fight anything if we don't want to. Um, Good luck. And if you're if you're spotted by a mob, obviously you can't jump down into the quicksand, you got to deal with it. And that's a little that's a little hairy when two of your team including your healer have already moved on and it's just you the tank and one DPS trying not to die. Hated that. Hated that. And then when we jumped through the quicksand, it was just like really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we we pop up and roll like, "Hey, so you kinda left us hanging back there. Let's just move on, shall we? Yeah. And so it was like at the end of the run, like nobody said a fucking word to each other. I always GG. I'm always like, GG, thank you. Always. But everybody else was just so like pissed off in some capacity, they just
1: That may be some projection too. They could have been like, whatever, peace. Sometimes uh, people just bail. No,
0: my feelings were reeling at that point. I felt I was embarrassed. This is my responsibility. I'm the tank.
1: I'd say, in general, it's not worth making someone, some gin sad to save you (laughs) a couple seconds on on your dungeon run.
0: It's like, yes, understood. You've done this 120 times since you were 13 years old, and now you're a bitter 22, and you're applying to jobs willy-nilly and it's been nine months since you graduated and you can't like like, you know what you've got bitterness this is a very
1: detailed narrative you've woven about this one person that was a jerk one time
0: yeah they've got some issues and this is how they chose to exercise them whatever i hope they i hope they get help (laughs) (laughs) or a job whatever it is that they need
1: so in these segments, it this changes from those kind of barren, sandy caverns to oases, actually. This is like the Todorak equivalent in Thanalan. Because in there, we had these shafts of light opening up from above, shining into these watery basins below and growth springing out in them. And the same thing happens here, but with desert plants. Yeah. So there are trees rising up from the oasis. There are cacti all on the shoreline. And we have a lot more diversity of life here, too. There it's are cactuars, really pretty. Got some crabs, vultures. Yep, yep. That's good shit. So yeah, this this place looks great. Um, the, third the third portion yeah. is also pretty cool, too. But this is probably the prettiest section of the dungeon. Yeah. Anyway, um, we take it slow and steady and we don't abandon our party mates <laughs> and hop into the sand. Ample time for sips of coffee. We arrive at the second boss, the giant tunnel worm.
0: Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit um wow. he's fun he's fun though i think um yeah giant giant ass worm
1: this is a big sand worm it's it's like the final fantasy 14 worm but really big so it's got kind of like a, a toothy maw yeah and also a ridged carapace back and orange glowing ridges yeah on its back this guy has a cleaving lightning attack so do not stand on the tank also it has a spicy dot that you can asuna off and you probably should as it will do some damage Otherwise, the main mechanic here is that the the guy will dive underground periodically, and there are two moves it does while it's submerged.
0: So the one is when he dives down, you got to kind of scan around the arena and look for these antlion kind of burrow marks and and avoid those at all costs. You will see like a path that he is taking run away because then he's going to pop out and be like, and he's going to get you. And then the other one, and I still don't know how to fucking avoid this one.
1: Right away. So he will make a giant (laughs) whirlpool. But it's hard! Sucking all the party members into the center of the arena.
0: Oh, and it'll get you. And
1: all you do is that you find the direct path away from the center, and you press forward. And as soon as you stop being pulled in, you will start moving out, and then you'll be safe. If you are concerned, you can pop sprint too. (coughs)
0: Assuming you haven't already.
1: Or if you're running away ASAP, you will not get hit. If you do not do so, you'll get got.
0: Yeah, I got, got. It, it, this, this is almost like a one shot, this damage. I, I got knocked down from full to like 10%. It was really, it was really bad. Other than that, pretty straightforward. A little cleavey action, but like he dives down and watch out for that.
1: So now with the second boss down, the dungeon changes form dramatically. I think that, We have traveled from central to northern Thanalan, underground, because northern Thanalan, we've not reached it yet in the main story, but this is the ceruleum-rich portion of Thanalan. Yeah. The air there is tinged blue with all this ceruleum vapor, and underground is the exact same thing. It's a series of these raised stone paths winding through this cavern, and there are geysers that erupt in blue flame, blue ceruleum explosions, the enemies here are all very earthen-aspected, so golems and spriggans. Yeah,
0: we are deep underground now. This yeah. is like Carlsbad Caverns shit. It's very rocky. Uh, it's clearly over the over the millennia has been like carved out by underground either like ceruleum or water sources, and that's how it, that's what it looks like. And these ceruleum pools will will explode, and they will hit you, and they will hurt you. It's not a ton of damage, but it's kind of embarrassing when you get caught in them. <laughs> and Mister Levi over here got caught. Half a dozen times. I'm like, stop embarrassing me.
1: Wow. Maybe once.
0: Mm, No, Mm. minimum twice. Oh, no. Minimum twice. And I'm like, bro, knock it off. It is not a lot of damage. But it's still embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Well,
1: Jen, you are ruining my dungeon run. (laughs) I know. I'm going to have to go and have a Cutter's Cry. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. And this section is mildly maze-like. There are a few wrong turns you can take, but...
0: You, you pop that map button and you'll be able to see very clearly where to go and where not to go.
1: On their first playthrough, though, it will not be mapped.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep, But, you know, it's fine. It's, it's, it's not like a massive open space like the first two areas, which is the worst. Absolute worst. At least these are like clear paths.
1: And as we get close to the boss room, we start seeing these glowing red fungi. The boss cavern itself is really visually... Detailed. It's really cool. It's this giant irregular cavern with these slagmites and stone columns breaking up the um, silhouette with more of these fungi who are clustered around the edges. Mm -hmm. So it is not your circle or square boss arena. It is super detailed. And I I love it when they do this in these places because it's a lot more immersive than here's a circle to fight the boss in.
0: Correct. Yeah. Um, This is this definitely looks like the chimera's lair. And it is. And it is, because it's littered with skeletons. Death awaits you all!
1: (laughs) If you have any interest in deep dungeons, you have to learn this fight. Yes. Because these things are all up in those deep dungeons.
0: They love that. Ram's voice, dragon's voice, dragon's breath, ram's breath. Like, learn that shit.
1: The main mechanic, like Jin is saying, is the voice attack. So, voice is an untelegraphed cast bar. You can see the cast name, but you cannot see any markers on the ground saying where you're going to get fucked up. The chimera, it will sometimes either cast dragon's voice or ram's voice. When it casts dragon's voice, dive on in close to the boss, because it will blast the entire room in lightning.
0: A donut. Lightning donut. Mm -hmm.
1: Except for a small circle of safety underneath it.
0: I think the small circle of safety is about um, the diameter of like max melee.
1: You want to be inside max melee.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be inside the hitbox, but it's so. Yeah. yeah.
1: And when it casts Ram's voice, run away (laughs) as it's going (laughs) to drop an ice, a circle of ice at its feet. Yeah. Wait till you hear my mnemonic for the minotaurs, (laughs) Jin.
0: For the minotaurs?
1: Yeah. Oh, Minot- like
0: Swinge and Swing and what is it that they do?
1: We're not going to fight a Minotaur for a while, but they have Swing and Swipe. Swipe. And they are very different, and especially in the most recent deep dungeon, they will one-shot you. Yeah. It took me a long time. Such a digression, but whatever. <laughs> it took me a long time. because
0: right, we're not fighting Minotaurs in this dungeon. What no. Are you
1: to-, to figure out how to tell the Swing and Swipe apart, but I have a system now, mm. and I will hold that until we meet a Minotaur.
0: Oh, what the fuck?
1: We call that a teaser in the business, Jen. Fuck you. Anyway, so we learned the the dragon and ram attacks, and our party actually had forgotten it. So it was to-
0: really cute. Um, the healer was like, "Okay, so is it like red red in and blue out?" I'm like, "More like blue out, purple in." God, it's purple, and he's like, "I haven't done this
1: dungeon in like two years." <laughs>
0: amazing you remember there was like that kind of mechanic at least
1: you can look at the color of the chimera's eyes too and see but that is way too hard for me to see when there's so much going on no
0: i read the cast yep and if you can get your get into your hud mm, go into those settings and the cast bar for bosses or enemies or whatever make that thing huge
1: yeah, I have mine at 180% of its original size, and I've moved it down to be like right More at the in top your field of, of vision. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because that shit will kill totally you helpful in totally later helpful. content if you don't know what's going on.
0: You have to know what is being cast so that you can pr- prepare. It's a good habit.
1: Anyway, that Chimera PSA out of the way. Mm-hmm. Those are the signature mechanics that will kill you and have no telegraph. The others are easier to deal with. The Chimera's heads also have breath attacks, those will hit the quadrant the heads by. So like the dragon will breathe on the dragon side and the ram will breathe on the ram side, but those have ground markers so you can just dodge them no problem. And the final mechanic here is cacophony, which marks one player with a target marker and a ball of lightning will appear and chase that player around for a short time then explode. Lead that ball away from the party. When it explodes, it's gonna mess some people up. So let it explode harmlessly in the surrounding cave, not on the party, please.
0: Yes, run a take it away, and then come back for heals.
1: Yep, we learn our chimera lessons, and we clear the boss, and that's Cutter's cry. Mm-hmm. Take that chimera! I'll teach you to live peacefully in this cave. Yeah, not bothering anyone
0: <laughs> for at least thirty years. Yeah, fuck you.
1: I don't think we'll actually have a wrap-up segment today, Jen, unless you have some deep other gripe to drop here.
0: Nope. Sybil has some demons, and he's got to work that shit out on his own, and whatever.
1: I'm sorry for your mechanical trauma with navigation, but (laughs) I find the second and third bosses to be pretty fun, actually. Yeah. The dungeon layout is not great, but the mechanics of these boss fights, I think, are fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, First half um, can go fuck itself. Latter half, totally
1: fine. Great. Yeah. That's the review. (laughs) Next time we are talking about the XL tribe quests. See you then. <clears throat> Jin has a guilty look.
0: No, no, I just um,
1: skeptical look.
0: Nope. Uh, this is like the Beast Tribe stuff because we're talking we're gonna talk about the entire narrative, that tire the entire story arc in one go, which means we have to do all of that busy work from start to finish. To get from like unknown to like, you know, beloved um, in the Ixal tribe, which is, it's like weeks in the making. So y'all better fucking appreciate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jen says, like the episode or get fucked. <laughs> it's so much work. We'll, we'll save the rest of that griping for the actual episode, but Great there's story, a preview. Though. Great story. Nice. Yeah. See, that's a teaser too, Jen.
0: Mm, oh, love it. Look at me.
1: <laughs> All right, take us out.
0: And that'll do it for today's episode. Um, Thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, Shout out to J Scratch. Bro leaves a comment on, like, every single fucking episode, and we love it. And we've gotten some really, really lovely emails from some of you, and it just makes us so happy. So, you know, keep that shit up, and as long as we're... We just want to make sure that we're giving you something that uh, makes you all happy, that is is helpful, and whatever. Anyway, so yeah, if you want to be one of those people... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can reach us at uh, podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or in Twitter at podreturn. And with that, we hope you enjoyed the episode and have a good day or night. And we will see you next
1: time.